0: When I was teenager I listened to Thelonious Monk, Herbie Hancock, Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane, Herbie Mann, Judy Collins, and Joni Mitchell, but it was Miles Davis whom I listened to endlessly. In the mid 70s, Miles Davis cut an album, for those younger than 50 think CD, for those younger than 30 think MP3, called On the Corner. I couldn't wait to play it, but when I did all, I heard was noise sounding very much like a city street at midday. I thought, I paid for this. What a rip off. Then I remembered this was Miles the architect of cool jazz. Miles, the inventor of the jazz edge, who was continually pushing the edge further and further out. So, I listened some more. At first all I could hear was city street noise cars, horns, radios, chatter, and all those other sounds, but now I was listening to hear Miles' voice, his horn. The distinctive timbre, the smooth, the slow dance, the boisterous, bounding, Flying of his horn cutting through the noise creating space between the sounds leading me down a path only those who recognize and know his voice might journey to get to the place where jazz lifts one up beyond the noise and beyond oneself. The key to the journey of following miles down that path is recognizing and knowing his distinctive voice. Strangely enough, this is the same key to following Jesus. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus knows the only way for his followers to do what he taught and empowered them to do after he was no longer physically, in the five senses meaning of the word, with them was for them to hear his voice, recognize his voice, then to faithfully walk the path Christ bushwhacked and blazed before them, so they might be followers of Christ's way. The way of daily witnessing to God's restorative justice, God's liberation from oppression, God's promise of an abundant life for everyone, and God's love which is so inclusive that it reaches out even to those people who hate and seek to exclude everyone not like them the daily witnessing to God's love aimed at healing and reconciling all human brokenness. Jesus experienced throughout His life all the noise of competing voices trying to get Him to take a different path than the one He was leading His followers to walk, whether it was the noise of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, or the Romans, so He knew His followers experienced all of those same competing voices and would experience even more competing voices, even those voices among the apostles and followers of Christ saying, No. Not that way. This is the way we need to go along with the noise of Greek philosophers proclaiming the Epicurean way, the Stoic way, the Platonic or Neoplatonic way, the Socratic way, or the mystery religion way. We ourselves are still surrounded and inundated by the voices seeking to lure us down another path, encouraging us to leave Christ's path for a path that will lead us only into the fragmentation of a way of being that promises, as Joni Mitchell has written in her song Woodstock, to only make us be a cog in something turning, caught in the devil's bargain whether it is the voices of advertising on radio, television, newspapers, magazines, or the internet. The voices of people telling us we need to regain the enlightenment understanding of the duality of the world that is divided between materiality and spirituality. The voices of those who say science and faith have nothing in common and if we choose one we must then exclude the other as has been suggested in way too many high school curriculums. Or voices calling us to equate success with greed as the greed is good promoters like John Stossel who encourage a monoculture that believes Monsanto can own your DNA and own all the seeds producing the food you eat or the voices who clamor for despoiling all of creation in search of fuel and profits without recognizing that what we do to the earth, the air, and the water we are doing to ourselves in a communal act of global extinction, or the noise of people telling us to grow the church by taking on all the characteristics of an over-rationalized industrialized process, so the church might resemble McDonald's with its efficiency, quantification, predictability, and control, or those who proclaim faith as entertainment while driving out neighbor love and the Sermon on the Mount, or the noise of people telling us violence is entertainment and so is watching people humiliate themselves for money on shows like Survivor and the Price is Right all these voices seek to lure us away from Christ's way by masking, hiding and distorting the one voice we need to hear and follow in living our daily lives. That's why the key for us and for the Apostles is to hear and recognize Jesus' voice the way sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd. Now, we might not like it when Jesus refers to us as sheep because sheep are well, notoriously dumb, passive creatures who won't and can't defend themselves against predators, and are, also, prone to get lost. But I kinda think they are smart because sheep know they can't go it alone and they know they need someone to lead and guide them. I was told by a parishioner in another congregation I served, who had been shepherd when he was a boy in Italy, that sheep are herded by being led. If you were to stand behind sheep and make a lot of noise all that happens is that the sheep run around to get behind you, so you can lead them. They prefer being led. However, they will only follow their shepherd because his voice is the one voice they know and trust. You see, shepherds and sheep have an intimate relationship with each other. Sheep, it seems, consider the shepherds part of their family and they develop and share a language of their own. The shepherd can tell the difference between a bleed of pain and a bleed of pleasure, while the sheep learn the click of a tongue that means food, the two-note song signaling it's time to go home, and the tone of comfort in the shepherd's voice that assures the sheep the shepherd is looking out for their well-being. They trust the Shepherd will never lead them into danger or abandon them, but will always protect and save them, will always lead them to places of nourishment and peace. The same is true for the Apostles. Their relationship with Jesus grows and deepens over those three years and, most importantly, during the 40 days following His resurrection. The Apostles learn what His voice sounds like and what His words mean. They develop a language that is not only their own but has its roots in the language they already share as Judeans, though Jesus deepens their understanding of the nuances of this language by all that he teaches and commands them and how he, himself, lives it. So, when they are sent out into the world to teach all that Jesus taught them on the day of Pentecost, they are still able to hear his voice, trust his voice, and keep to the path he calls them to journey along throughout their lives, even as they invite others to join them on the journey and become the sheep in Christ's flock, and these new sheep will in turn learn to hear Jesus' voice to trust His voice, and trust that God and Christ is the Good Shepherd. Yet, how is it that those of us who hear the Apostles' invitation to join the journey and become part of the flock can hear Jesus' voice, trust, and know it is His distinctive voice? The same way the Apostles learned. By being in an intimate relationship with God and Christ who already knows our name, has already committed Himself to us, has been involved in our lives before our birth and every moment following our birth, and who is waiting for us to enter this relationship of trust and mutuality by learning to hear God's voice speaking to us through Scripture, in the silence of prayer, and in the life experiences of the people around us. This is a way to think about how you will continue to be a community of faith for years to come, how you will leave a legacy ensuring future generations are able to be part of this community of faith. For it is in community reading Scripture together that we hear God's voice speaking life into being, teaching the man and woman to trust God, promising a covenant of life with all creation whose symbol is the rainbow, calling Abraham and Sarah into a relationship with God that promises abundant life and blessing not only for Abraham and Sarah and their children, but for all humanity and creation through them, and demanding the liberation of the God's people out of death dealing slavery then leading them through a wilderness where God speaks into being a new way of living as a distinctive community. In Scripture we hear God calling prophets to speak God's words of repentance, new life, and hope. In Scripture, we hear God's promise of healing, of abundant new life, of justice, of salvation, of hope in the voice of Jesus, whom God sends not to condemn us, but to lead us to the fullness of life by a cross and resurrection. In Scripture we learn that Christ is the voice speaking self-giving love that is patient, kind, seeking our well-being, and always keeping the promise of abundant life. A promise we hear in the silence of prayer when we still our voices and all those other competing voices, so we might concentrate on actively listening for Christ's voice. For we know we cannot listen very well to the voice of Christ until we are silent as the 14th century mystic Johannes Tauler puts it, therefore you should observe silence. In that manner the word can be uttered and heard within. For surely, if you choose to speak, God in Christ must fall silent. There is no better way of serving the word than by silence and by listening. We also know God in Christ speaks in silence because it was in the silence of night when all was quiet that God spoke to Samuel, it was in the stillness of the mountaintop that God spoke to Elijah, It was in the quiet of the daily household chores that God spoke through the angel Gabriel to Mary. Scripture is where we hear Christ's voice speaking out to us, but Scripture is also where we hear the voices of those witnessing to God and Christ's voice speaking to them in the middle of their daily lives. From Noah hearing God calling him to build an ark to Abraham and Sarah answering God's call to leave their homeland for the place God will show them. However most notably it is in the Psalms where the witnesses of God's grace speak joyous, glad abandoning praise and humble thanksgiving for the steadfast love, healing justice, reconciling mercy, and the goodness of an abundant life lived in intimacy with God even as they testified a hope grounded in God's continuing promises of life heard at times of deepest turmoil and pain. A testimony reminding us that the Psalms are prayers lived by people in all times and places. People like Pearl Kashishin, who while standing at her husband's beside where he lay cold and lifeless one September evening, spoke softly to him, Shall I read to you darling? His eyelids fluttered and she began reading, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For Pearl, an Armenian woman of faith looking back upon more than 65 years of married life she knows how God's goodness and mercy have pursued her and her husband. For Pearl, this psalm is a reminder of how Christ's voice and God's presence have led her down safe paths, especially the experience of walking through the valley of the shadow of death as a child living through the Turkish genocide of Armenians from 1894 to 1916 when more than a million Armenians were killed. As a young woman, Pearl left her town of Kayseri traveling through the desert where more than once the traveling party was without food and water until somehow food was discovered. Where more than once they were led on the right paths avoiding danger, particularly the night Turkish soldiers surrounded the group bringing them well within the shadow of darkness, but a rod and staff Pearl said quite literally protected them. That night at her husband's hospice bed, her husband Fred looked at her and in a hoarse whisper asked, what will you do alone? Fred, she said, God is good. Remember how He protected me through the massacre and led me safely to America? Surely, we can trust God to take care of me now. We will simply listen to hear Christ's voice calling us to follow where He leads. For the truth is, we do live in the presence of the Lord's goodness and mercy, and we do dwell in the house of the Lord, and we shall all our life, without end.